Well, welcome uh, to our study on First John. This is Bill uh, Kahn, uh, the musical director here at The Rock. Um, we're going to look at, or listen to, or hear about uh, today, First uh, John, uh, chapter 2, uh, starting with verses, going through verses 3 at, through 6. All right? So in the last sessions, uh, Michael's been covering a single thought or idea, or John has been covering this uh, certain single thought or idea that John has been explaining. Our verses uh, that we're going to look at today starts another topic, if you will. Here, John is going to teach us uh, that Christianity has real profound assurances, okay, and is not just some sort of maybe, you know, of spiritual optimism, if you, if you get my drift. If you think about it, you, take, you can take it, you know, religions, various religions, major religions, any of them. Most of none of them really, I was about to say most of them, but none of them, none of them have any real tangible assurances for their belief system. Uh, take Buddhism for a moment. We know Buddha was a real person, but his entire history is shrouded in legendary stuff. We don't really, we can't be completely assured of, you know, everything or anything that he, he did or said necessarily. Uh, so there's no real assurances there. You can believe it if you want, but there's no assurances. Uh, Hinduism doesn't have it. Scientology doesn't have it. None of the religions have it. Because the problem is, religion's version of assurance, if, if that's what you want to call it, is based on performance, you see. And that performance is your performance, meaning, right? Religion's assurance is based on your performance. You know, do you, do you perform these certain rituals? Do you, are you more, uh, do your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, et cetera, et cetera? This is, this is what religion's assurance. You have to perform, you have to do certain rituals, you have to do certain things, be a certain way, but that's not, a, that's not really tangible it's, at all. And that's the thing that John's going to make, make this, this very clear here. The key here is our obedience does not, will not, and has not ever saved us. Okay? This is really important. The key here is that obedience does not, meaning obedience to God, does not, will not, has not ever saved us. That's called justification. Okay, our faith in Jesus and the cross has stamped our passport. That's our justification. It's our faith in Christ, in the gospel. But that being said, obedience uh, as a pattern of, pattern of life does give evidence that one is born again. And that's what John is going to get into this. And in fact, he's, you're going to hear this phrase. He's just going to keep saying to know him. And he uses that a lot. That means to have a personal relationship. And that personal relationship should be transforming your behavior. That's the whole point that we're going to get into in this brief passage. So let's take a first. Let's read the passage. And then we'll go back and uh, unpack it, okay? So this is First John chapter 2, starting with verse 3. John writes, By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Okay, real brief passage. Let's go back and let's take Take each one separately. Okay, verse 3. 
By this we know, okay, we can know that we have come to know him. And by this we can know we have a personal relationship with him. John's about to present a simple test, if you will, if you will. Okay, by this we can know that we have a relationship with Jesus. Okay, and there he says it right there. If we what? Keep his commandments. Okay, keep his commandments. Now, understand when he says that, he's not talking about the Ten Commandments. He's not talking about the various rules. He's talking about the entire Bible. He's talking about the Word of God. It's a figure of speech. It's very much the, the same kind of thing when we say, a uh, nice set of wheels. We're not you know, complimenting somebody on their tires, right? Okay, we're, we're talking about the car, right? Or she sets a nice table. And again, it's, it's a, a figure of speech talking about using the specific to speak of the general. So in this case, when we hear this, see this word, the you know, if we keep his commandments, he's talking about are we in and following and obeying the word of God? Okay, that's what he's saying here. And look, let's take a look at what Jesus said about this very, very thing. Pop back to uh, the Gospel of John. Okay, now that we're, now we're going to move out of First John over to the Gospel of John. Pop over to John 14. Okay, and starting with verse 21, look what Jesus says. He who, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Get that? He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Verse 23, if anyone, look at this, anyone loves me, he will keep my word, okay? And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. It's about keeping my word, okay? He's saying, my commandments, the person who does it, that's the person who really loves me, okay? That's the person who has a relationship, okay? Staying in John for a moment, let's go to the next chapter, chapter 15, okay? Starting with verse 10. Look at this. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So it's about keeping God's word. By knowing God's word and by keeping God's word, this is an indication, this is the little simple test that... Um, the Apostle John is making in his letter, 1 John, right? Okay. Um, and he says this also in other places in 1 John, okay? For instance, uh, back in 1 John, look at uh, chapter 3 for a moment. And look at verse 23. He says, this is his commandment, okay? That we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. You see, it's not about performance in no way, shape, or form. It is about our relationship. It's about having a relationship. And religion turns all that upside down and turns it into a performance. That's one of the, this is why this is not a religion. It has nothing to do with religion. Okay? It's very important. So, 
Going back to our passage, 1 John chapter 2, verse 4 says, The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, look at this, is a liar and the truth is not in him. Okay, This is something he's already reiterated, John has, uh, fairly extensively in chapter 1. Look at chapter 1 for a moment. Okay, Look at verse 6. He says, If we say that we have fellowship with him, we have a relationship with and yet walk in the darkness, look at this, we lie and do not practice the truth. Okay? Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. And verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And now back to verse 4 in chapter 2, the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. You see, it's an interchange, okay? It's an interchange that results in an outward change. Jesus said this very same thing in Matthew 15. He said, it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth. This defiles the man, okay? This is what defiles the person. We have to have an interchange. This is what this whole thing means about being born again. And look at this. Pop over to Paul's letter to the, to the church in Rome, Romans 12. Uh, the, the letter to Rome can be basically broken up into three basic sections. This is the beginning of the third section. This is Paul's guide to Christian living. And this is how he starts this whole guide out. Romans 12, starting with verse 1. Look what he says. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, metamorphos, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, it's an interchange, but we have to pay attention to it. There's a change that's going on. If we ignore what's going on in, in, on in, in, in terms of how God's speaking to us and our, this change that's happening in us, then what does that say? Are we really having a relationship with, with Jesus? Do we really have that, or is this something else? Right? Are we just going through the motions of something? Right? This has to, having a relationship with somebody like this, like Jesus, is supposed to influence our behavior. It's supposed to change us. And there's what Paul just said, okay? Now, let's go back to First John again. Let's look at verse 5, okay? Actually, it's a, a continuation of 4. So let's start with 4. We'll, we'll, we'll do it this way. The one who says, verse 4, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, but whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. Okay, so let's stop right there. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. It's God's love for us, though. Understand this. It's God's love for us that is, per, that is being perfected. It's not our love for God that's being perfected. It's God's love for us. That's what it means, what God so loved the world, right? It's God's love that is being perfected, okay? Now, the last part of verse 5 says, and he continues into 6, by this we know that we are in him. How? Here he says in verse 6, look at this. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Jesus' life is the pattern we are to follow, grow in, and become more like every day. All right? 
But what does that look like? What could that look like? Well, one of my favorite parts in the scripture about this very thing is found in Second Peter. So pop over to Second Peter chapter 1, and let's uh, finish this off by looking at what uh, what this looks like. It's a progressive thing. It's not like one moment you're... Your behavior is one way, and the next minute you're walking on water or something like that. It, it's a progressive change. It's a progressive change. And this is what Peter's going to describe here. So look at Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says, Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith. So we are to apply all diligence in your faith. Okay, then he says, supply moral excellence, number two. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. Three, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours, look at this, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, you get that? If they are yours and they are increasing, progressive, right? They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you get this, practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly, sorry, be abundantly supplied to you. Again, uh, it is, it is this, uh, it, our obedience to the word of God as a pattern of life gives evidence, okay, that we are born again. It doesn't save us. It doesn't save us. That, that happened the minute we believed in Jesus. Jesus did that. But our obedience now as a pattern of life, this is what John is getting at, is also a way we can tell if we are saved. Or not. And we need to be in obedience by following his word, by studying his word, not just reading it, you know, not or just reading your favorite parts or whatever. You need to study and get the entire counsel of God. And that's absolutely vital, all right, to all of us. Anyway, that does it for that. Have a wonderful day, evening, or wherever you're at. And... Uh, Blessings. Take care. Bye-bye.